This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community so no one has to go through this alone, empowering each other to find our way out of burnout and overwhelm. We will explore how my mindfulness and productivity systems framework can help you combine the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique systems of productivity. My framework is designed to help you find clarity, design your dream life, and create your transformation. We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 25. In our last episode, we explored what it means to tackle the mental chatter, the clutter, the distractions that we experience. I hope you had a chance to explore how you're showing up for yourself and for your loved ones. Are the things that are important to you showing up in your calendar and on your everyday life? Or are you putting things that are important to you aside to fulfill your to-do list and your scheduled tasks? This week, I'd like to continue that discussion and talk about what it means to honor ourselves during periods of transition. So recently I moved and there have been many things that have made this move and this transition different from any other times. Most times I continue my everyday expectations even in the middle of the move. I feel like I would be letting others down if I don't continue to do what I've always done. But this time, preemptively, I decided I'm gonna be in the middle of a move, a transition. It's, there's gonna be a lot going on. How about if I didn't do everything else? What would it be like if I gave myself permission to do nothing other than the move, to enjoy the move, to experience what the change is meaning in my life? Now, don't get me wrong. There were some challenges along the way, but this is what I've learned at the end of it, that transitions come with its own set of self-reflection and exploration of what this new place can mean. And it could be transition between a relationship in with work, with moving location, so moving to another part of the country or the world. But our brain doesn't just pick up and go to the new place and we just do all of the things that we did before because we have to explore what it means for us. We get to enjoy making meaning, making connections, really design and creating what this change means in our life. So as we transition out of summer and we get ready for school, we get ready for a different season, despite the fact that we are still in the middle of a pandemic. As we explore what these changes mean in our life, I want to invite you to give yourself that love and compassion to just take an afternoon off and explore what does this mean? How is the next school year going to be? How am I going to help my children navigate these transitions? How am I going to navigate these transitions? Are there changes that I need to make in my everyday routine? Would it be helpful if I asked and got extra help 
Are there any ways that I can automate or delegate the things that are on my to-do list? And as you explore what this means in your life, I want you to enjoy this because the reality is this moment in time, this is the one true real moment and you are exactly where you're meant to be and everything that's happening is happening for you. Going through transitions and how to embrace the change and build it in a way that honors our own voice is the perfect discussion for my special guest. So I can't wait to share more as we explore what it means to live our best life, embracing our wellness. And as we continue this journey of self-discovery and building tools to live our best life, I hope you'll tune in for future episodes as I so look forward to connecting with each and every one of you. I am so excited to welcome Dr. Sarah Green to the podcast. Dr. Green is a surgeon, a mom, and a life coach. She's a true inspiration with the love and compassion that she embodies in her everyday life. And I'm so excited to have her as a guest. Hi, Sari. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. I'd love for our listeners to hear a little bit more about your journey and really balancing being a physician, being a mom, finding your authentic voice and really exploring that journey. Thank you for sharing. Sure. Let me start at the beginning. So growing up, I was a dancer. It was my thing. I did it for hours after school every day. I, I traveled performing internationally throughout high school and I just like like by default, went into college as a dance major, because that's the thing that I did. And one of my requirements for my dance major was a cadaver lab. And it was obviously super awesome. And right (laughs) away, I was like, Oh, my goodness, this is what I need to do. I'm going to be a doctor. And that was just Mm -hmm. like, I was Mm -hmm. like, tunnel vision ahead. This is what I was going to do. I didn't go directly to medical school after that I added all of my pre med classes in and got them done. And then I just had all these other things that were interesting to me that I wanted to do. And I took time to do them before going to med school. I traveled a lot. I lived over in Japan for about a year, a little over a year. I taught kids with learning disabilities, which was something I was really interested in. And I also went to the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine and I studied traditional Chinese medicine for two years. During that entire period, I knew I was going to go to medical school. It wasn't a, like a deciding place, but it was really a wanting to build my foundation, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Knowing, even though I didn't know what medical training was going to be until I lived it, I knew it was going to be intense and all consuming. And I wanted to make sure that all those other things had been given some time and space. And so then I went on to medical school. I kind of went into medical school with this, I guess is how life is, right? Like you look at your past and like Mm -hmm. how it's going to bridge into your future. And at that time, I imagined I would be a primary care doctor and incorporate complementary modalities into, I was really interested in health and wellness and nutrition and coming from a dancing background, kind of movement and body work and all of that stuff was where my interest laid. And so I I felt as I was going into medical school, like this training was going to add to that, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. But then I did my surgery rotation. I actually, it wasn't my surgery rotation. It was my very first rotation was OB-GYN and I was on the gynoc service and I saw a hysterectomy and I was like, like what happened in cadaver lab all those years before, like mind blown. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this is, I need to be able to do this. And so that shifted. And I did general surgery residency. And I think like all of us as when I went in, I was super inspired and super Mm -hmm. excited and just driven. And as time went on, and as I got older, I just felt increasingly like there was something missing, like I was off balance. 
and out of alignment. And I guess that's what training is, but it was a long period to be in that space. And for family reasons, I temporarily postponed my fellowship plans after I graduated and I had gotten married while I was in medical school. And so during that time in between, I, I got pregnant, very much wanted and tried for a pregnancy. And then when I was four months pregnant, everything changed overnight. I found out that my husband was living a double life and my entire foundation, my entire vision for the future, my entire kind of understanding of what my reality was disintegrated in a moment. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say any parts of it were easy, Mm. but now it's about five and a half maybe going towards six years later, I I am on the other side of it. And I can look back and I can really see that moment was the seed for reconnecting to myself. It was like the place where I almost had gotten so far away from who I was and where I was ultimately going that this kind of massive dismantling happened. And I, I started to bloom again. When something like that happens, as you can probably imagine, your trust in yourself mm-hmm. is really put it into question. How can the person that I trusted and believed in the most in this world have been that? And what does that say about me? And what does that say about like my ability to keep myself safe and my ability to make decisions and choices? And so there was a lot of grappling with that. There was a lot of therapy. I had wonderful therapists that specifically focus on this, but really with the goal of reconnecting to your trust and reconnecting to your instincts when there's so much gaslighting, mm-hmm. which to this was not somebody I met on a whim. This is somebody I'd known for 12 years prior to that day. So, you know, the, the amount of gaslighting that goes into maintaining a double life. My, as I looked back, like those little nudges and those little tweaks and those little things that, that we get when you're gaslighted, those get just, they don't align with reality anymore. And the last five and a half years for me have really been about reconnecting to that. And I think that has really been the biggest gift because as I look back to my twenties and younger time, I think I innately had that, right? Like we all kind of like I knew I was going to go to med school and I just did it. Like you have that trust in yourself and it gets eroded and mine got eroded in a massive way, but it really was a gift because now it has so intentionally come back Mm -hmm. as like something that I can rely on no matter what foresight. Like Mm -hmm. I can feel something and be like, this is it. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what it means. I don't know what the big picture is, but I know that this step is right and I trust it. Yeah. Coaching was a big part of that. I, found coaching. I don't know that I would have called it coaching at the time because I didn't even really know what coaching meant. But I started uh, a a few years after, you know, I was a single mom. I had an infant. I was by myself. I was just overwhelmed in a Mm -hmm. way that even thinking back to that time gets me a little bit (laughs) breathless. But I somehow found space to start taking a yoga class. And that Mm -hmm. changed me. It changed me. I think it was an hour. I think it was the moving my body, the breathing, and it was really just a wonderful community at this studio. And they had this, what they call it, 40 days to a personal revolution. And it was this, we met once a week and we did yoga classes and there was a little kind of nutrition piece. And it was the first time I'd focused on myself and there was journaling. And that led me to do another kind of yoga-based in-person six-month coaching program. 
program that was really transformative to me. Not so much at the time. I don't know that I recognized it as it was happening, but as I look back, all the seeds that were planted during that time and the mindset shifts that happened from that really shifted the trajectory of where I was going. I then hired a career coach and I transitioned into non-clinical work, which made a huge difference in my life just in terms of being a single mom and having a, I had a toddler. He was two and a half at the time, being able to be present for his needs and still make a living and support myself. And then I've since done, I hired a financial coach to help with money mindset as my divorce was finalizing. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to approach that part of my life with more intention. And all of that led me to the life coach school. And I, I, over the years have had women reaching out to me by private messages about similar stories to mine. It's, it seems like it seemed to me when it happened, this has never happened to anybody in the history of the world. This is crazy. It wasn't even on my radar that it was a possibility. And Mm -hmm. then so many women messaged me. I just found out, I just found these very similar Mm -hmm. stories. And I had come to a place where I wasn't just surviving anymore, but I was doing well and I was happy and I was thriving. And I was trying to be a friend to these people reaching out. And I realized with some skills, I could probably help even more. And so I went on to, to become certified as a life coach. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. There's so much in there and what a story of hope and, and really going from that surviving mode to thriving. There's so much that you've shared. One of the things that struck me is just what you said towards the end of how it can feel. You can feel alone in that moment thinking, I can't believe I didn't know, or I didn't recognize or doubting yourself and feeling like you are the only person to go through something so traumatic. And I'm so glad that you have started, you have been sharing because it probably helps the women who are going through it now, who might be having those similar emotions of isolation and shame and self-blame, right? All of those things feeling, okay, no, there's someone else. At least there's a person to reach out to and a person to connect with and with your additional coaching skills and all of the other things that you've really built on. That's a great resource for help and support for those women. It is. At this point, it feels like, I don't want to say an obligation, but just something I have to do. Because as I look back now, I recognize there were these women along the way at various stages for various different parts of my life that literally just picked me up and carried me through. And these were not the people I would have expected. It wasn't just, okay, my close friends huddled in and did. Like these were people that I met along the journey that just scooped up this one little part that I couldn't manage and carried me through until I could get there. And we all Mm -hmm. need that, especially in the really hard times in life. And I don't know that I so much recognized it while it was happening, but it's so clear to me now they're like angels. And I think this is what we do for each other. And when we get to a place where we can be that for somebody else, that's what we do. It's still, it's still a gift. I'm good. I'm going to just say what you're doing is still absolutely a gift and a blessing. When I was going through my own struggles and feeling burnt out and feeling really just alone and you find support along the way. But a lot of the time, the isolation or feeling like I'm going through something that is shameful, or it's because I'm just not strong enough, or I'm just not enough. I think it's just so hard to overcome that 
without really hearing from other women saying, you're not alone. This is not because you've done something wrong. This is just part of the life story that you're living. And this is not even going to be the main life story. There's so much more to go that um, really just embracing that part and saying, I'm not alone. And I am more than enough, just as I am right now, without doing all these whatever else, that maybe there's this expectation. So I think that's such a key message that really, all of us need to hear and everyone out there needs to hear is if something is going on, if you feel overwhelmed and you think, well, really, I don't even know where to get started. I love what you said. Okay, what do I do? And maybe I'll start with a yoga class. Maybe I'll do something that is going to take me from this space where I'm not nurturing and taking care of myself to doing these one step at a time process. And each of these, each of these steps really takes you further and further away from feeling like you're in this depths of fair, like Anna Green Gables used to say. Yeah, two things that you just said. One is that this is not our even our main story. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so hard to, I was going to say to believe, but it never even crossed my mind when I was in it that this wasn't my whole story. I was just in it and this was it. And then I came to a place over years where I was like, okay, I'm not in it anymore. But having and having other people around is what kind of makes those shifts to recognizing that you're getting out. For me, I, gosh, it was about a year in, is that right? Joined a group. It was a therapy group. It was a group therapy thing of, there were seven other women who all had the same story as me. And that was incredible because all, and for all of us, all of a sudden we, oh, I'm not the only person that this happened to. And there's nothing wrong with any of them. Actually, I really like them and hugely respect them. And that was really transformative. I think that this idea of, and it sounds a little woo-woo, but I really believe in it is like the sister circle and that kind of support from other women and nurturing. And it's something I think historically we had, and it's something I did not have in the beginning part of my motherhood at all. It was just me and my son and he was a tiny baby and he never slept. That was it. Like it was so (laughs) isolating. So, you know, the more it expands to other women and other women who will really like get you Mm -hmm. and hear your real story and are just there. It it gives you that support to to grow out of it into a new place and then provide that for for other people who are in that place when you no longer are. Oh, the yoga. So that's something that really along my path has really crystallized for me is this and it for me it was really just forced I couldn't see a future I had no idea how I was going to survive I had no idea where I was going to live or what I was going to do or how I was going to work and support my son and be the sole parent responsible for like all of it it was just and when I thought of it in that way it was like overwhelming to the point of just being paralyzing but doing just one thing right like I could go to a yoga class right this hour and and what I realized is those things actually I struggled a lot like I don't have time to do this okay I'm working all the time I'm not with my kids with the nanny way longer than I feel like he should be and Mm -hmm. I need to give him you know so that was always a struggle for me and it's I'm not saying it's not now it's a constant (laughs) it's a constant back and forth in my mind of how I'm going to think and approach that but doing those things for myself even small ones create space rather than taking space 
So true. Um, really. I think we put ourselves last. So actually, honestly, too often. And even the little things that we could do, the weather's beautiful. Maybe when you're taking a break from work, just go outside and take a five minute walk or, or you're exhausted instead of pushing yourself. Maybe this is a night that you need to take an early night and just nurture, listen to what your body's asking for. And, and the more times you listen to it and you connect with it, the stronger that connection is going to be just yes. like you were sharing. Then you understand that intuition, what we call intuition is really the deep sense of connection to our mind, our body and our soul. And the more we nurture that and we listen to it, and we we accept what our mind is saying, No, I'm tired. Okay, stop. Or No, this is fun. I want to do it. And acknowledging and living in our own truth, I think gives us so much more energy and power. And that's where the true sense of productivity is. People always say, Oh, productivity is just you're just being more efficient to get more done. Honestly, no, I would say productivity is is doing only the few things that you care so passionately about that you are brilliant at it. And that's true productivity is living in that beautiful truth that you create. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I that's something that's really is really shifted for me over the last probably six to nine months is this I, I look back and I can see that it's been building forever, but it clicked more recently is this like doing less to achieve more, like taking the hustle out and allowing things to happen with ease. They happen so much more organically. And I have a friend who calls it being in the flow. And and I really visualize it like that. Like you're fighting and you're resisting and you're battling and you're struggling against life. But as you surrender and just, okay, here's this big obstacle. What's it mean? What am I doing with it? What's it here for? And the more you approach it like that, the more that kind of push and hustle, which I think for us, that's what got us here. And we really, you know, hardwired those pathways in from such a long training of push, but it doesn't all have to be push. And there's actually, I think, so much to be found when that push can be relaxed and you can align into it and you can almost feel it click and just flow forward with ease. It's really fascinating. Love it. I love it. And maybe we all have that flow state, which is where I think where we are living exactly our best life. It's in that face. I think that's a really amazing space to explore. Now, if as you really explore all of the things that have happened in the last few years, and especially in the last year with the pandemic, and and then of course, the different, you know, you mentioned a couple programs that you've been a part of and all of that. What has been the biggest mindset shift or perspective change that you've experienced? Is there any element of insight or anything else that's popped up for you in that space? I think really my experience of overwhelm, being a single mom to an infant and then a toddler and working full time and just trying to manage all the parts of adulting as best (laughs) I could. Overwhelm had just become my baseline. And I think going through medical training and surgical training, we, we exist to some degree in that place. There's so many things going on all at the same time that I, I had almost like, I had just gotten into a pattern of this is how I existed to the point where I really 
could not even sit down. I could not sit down to relax. I remember my brother came to visit once and a couple days in, he was like, oh my goodness, just sit down. You're making me crazy. I can't even be around you. It's so uncomfortable because you haven't said as if I sit down, everything is going to fall apart. And so I just lived in that place of overwhelm and through kind of some different, I think, structured time management tools that I have learned and really just a lot of kind of thought work and mindset work, I have gotten to a place where it's just not like that anymore. And I don't have more hours in the day. I don't have, I still work. If anything, I'm doing more. I'm still a single mom. All the things are still the same and it doesn't feel out of control anymore. And it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel overwhelming anymore. And I think one of the big parts of that is I'm not using my brain power to constantly be processing and ruminating and planning and worrying about all of the things. And interestingly, by taking that away, or I guess letting it dissolve away, I have so much more room in my life. And so I've been able to add more things in that I do and that I can do and things that I want to do and achieve from that place of letting go of the worry of all it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually fascinating just to think about how our brain functions and, and how we experience overwhelm. Because a lot of times we think, oh, I don't have time, or I'm really overwhelmed. I have a lot to do. All of these things are happening. And we think this is like a fact. It's a reality. So of course, this is just how it is. But then when we start exploring and we realize, okay, we could, we could have just as much or more to do. And yet, we could still feel like we have plenty of time. People even talk about this time freedom, but really I feel like it's true understanding of time as a neutral circumstance that just is, we all have 24 hours in a day and 168 hours in a week. So that is just is. So when we say we don't have time, it's our brain's way of tricking us to say, oh, maybe you don't really know what to do. Let me show you another way of thinking or just really throwing, it's, it's mental clutter. That's what it is. There's just so much clutter in our brain that we can't think beyond it. It's like when you look at a room that is full of toys and it's all messy and you want to find this one thing and you can't because there's so much clutter in there. And if you can wade through that clutter and clean it up and get rid of it, our we have way more time than we really realize. So yes, the mental clutter, that's exactly what it is. And that is exactly, I think, what creates the overwhelm. And I would have argued with you about this before, because I've read the books and I've read, I've heard the podcasts and I've listened to where everybody has the same amount of time with different people. I immediately go to my victim place, but they're not a single mom. They don't have, you know, everyone doesn't have the same amount of time. And then it was dismissed because nobody understands me and all my hardships. But one of the things I think just it was a huge light bulb for me is in coach training, learning about indulgent emotions. And overwhelm is one of those indulgent emotions. And at first, I got my back up and went to the same place. They don't understand me. I am overwhelmed. I do have so much going on. And yeah, I do. I have a lot to do. But the amount of space that was used in my brain to think 
about all the things that I had to do all the time is what was making me overwhelmed. Absolutely. It's like magic. <laughs> it is. I think that it's, when we yeah. start to connect and understand yes. ourselves, it, it is like that yeah. because all of the drama, all of the mind drama that we go through and that we say, oh, well, this is just the way the world is. And there is this much drama today. In reality, really, there isn't. We have these choices that we get to do and it's not easy. Sometimes it is easier just to say, this is hard. I don't want to do anything. And, and that's fine. Yeah. Maybe we need yeah. time to do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. But when you want to make a change, just know that it's out there. It's possible for anybody. And it just requires a little bit of shifting and clearing up some mental and physical clutter sometimes. And looking at your time, at your priorities, at your goals and deciding, okay, this is what you want to do then how do you achieve that? Because really when people say, no, I, I, that, I don't have time for that. It could be that maybe there's a list, there's 20 things that needs to happen for that and they don't want to do it and that's okay. So just yes. owning the choices that we're making and really living in our own strengths, living and understanding our challenges, I think it allows us to do so much more than when we cloud our thinking with this clutter and we don't know actually what's true, what's not. And we're just mm -hmm. in the space where we're just not able to, even acknowledge to ourselves what's really going on. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to know if you could go back in time and you could talk to your younger self. What is something that you might ask your younger self or tell your younger self? So this is interesting. I think it's interesting. I am going to be moving in a few months. And so I'm like slowly starting to pack. And I have this one box mm -hmm. that I have lugged around with me for years and years. Those few little things that I don't, I'm not going to get rid of. And I happened to go into it today. I moved it today and I found an old journal and I am just going to read you this because this is really interesting. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. This was a journal entry that I wrote in November of 1997. So I was 22 years old <laughs> and I wrote, we cannot be afraid of the enormity of it all. We ourselves are that infinite enormity. How can we channel it and harness it? We have to trust that the instinct is there. The drama of life obstructs it, but our breath connects us to it. Oh my goodness. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. It surprised me. I was like, this is not new. I know this stuff. This is all in there. It's been in there forever. And it's really about uncovering it, right? Yeah. And so then I thought I was thinking about this question. What would I tell my younger self? That person who wrote that, who was so full of hope and inspiration and excitement about life without any of the, the hard parts, knowing what hard parts were coming. And probably just that there are times that you'll feel lost. There are times chapters or stages where you will feel so far out of alignment that you won't really recognize yourself or where you are, but just to trust that it's all part of the process and to trust that if you stay, and this is something we can do no matter what we're going through. If you stay in your integrity and if you stay authentic to yourself, that you don't need to, you don't need to understand it all. We can't understand it all, right? Like we don't know what the future is going to look like, no matter how hard we plan. But if we really act from a place of integrity and authenticity and just take a step in that direction, it will bring us back 
onto our path. And we'll be able to recognize at that point, as you look back, you can see all those kind of diversions weren't really diversions. They were lessons and some lessons are going to be big and some lessons are going to be really hard, but it's all part of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's totally beautiful. You have to write it up and use it as one of your quotes. It really is. I love what you said about just reconnecting back to the wisdom that you know you have. We talk about the wisdom that children have, and then yeah. we lose some of that connection as we get older. But I think that's why I think meditation, mindfulness, and journaling as this almost magical secret hack, because by connecting to your mind and building mindfulness and doing, even if it's a short meditation and then journal from that space of connectedness, it really allows you to tap into your own inner wisdom. And what we do as coaches really is just helping you do that. It's not like we have answers that we're going to somehow tell people, oh yeah, this is what you should do. And this is what you should do. No, we don't. That's not what coaching is about. Coaching is really helping each of us, each individual connect to our own inner wisdom, to our own authentic self, because we're the only person who knows what we need. No one else can know that or recognize that. So I think that's such a beautiful way to connect to that piece of wisdom. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, we all have our own answers. And that's really, I think the magic of coaching is no one has your answers. Nobody knows your path. Nobody knows what the right decision is for you, but you do. And that's what coaching can help with. And that's what coaching has helped me so much with Mm -hmm. is clearing out and clearing out the clutter and allowing space for me to connect with that myself. And having learned the skills to help other people do that and see them do that for themselves is really a gift. Absolutely. So if you could actually share any programs that you have, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and know more about you, where would they find your information? Right now I'm focusing mainly on one-on-one coaching. I am working on a program for really mind, body, overall wellness. But for now I'm focusing on doing it just on a one-on-one basis. And I can be reached at Sari, S-A-R-I, at green, G-R-E-E-N, lotus, L-O-T-U-S, coaching. Thank you so much. I'll include that information in the show notes as well. So everyone will have a chance to connect with you and get to know you more. I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today and all of the wisdom and really your true heart that you've shared. I'm so grateful for the time that we had together. And I know that even if one person listening to this, and I know more than that is going to happen, but even if one person listening to this feels just a little bit less alone, feels a little bit more hope or, okay, starts this process of thinking, what is my one step of wellness? What is my one action that I can take today to build something different for myself? And knowing that that they're not alone, I think is, is a true gift. So I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. For my listeners, if there are any topics that you want to hear more, please drop a comment below. I would be happy to add those to our weekly content. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at Serenity Wellness MD on Instagram. 
the content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.